Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. The Seattle Seahawks get the win over the Washington football team. They move to 10-4 and on the season, going into the final two games. And once again, our Seahawks are in the playoffs. Joining me to recap the game is Bill Ofsted from the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Bill, it was a win. It maybe wasn't as pretty uh, through the final third and, and fourth quarter. We'll get into it. But our Seahawks back in the playoffs. Brandon, thanks for having me on the show. And yeah, we're in. I mean, I'll take it. It kind of got a little squirrely there in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter when Seattle only had 39 yards or whatever they had on offense and the defense gave up a couple drives. But in the end, we did it. We our, our defense actually came up with the stop. You know, that's kind of been the thing that's gotten in our way this year. And uh, it looks like we can depend on that going forward. So to me, I love this win, even though it was a little messy. It was a little messy and it was it kind of took you back to some of those early season victories when the Seahawks were five and oh. Now they weren't winning 2015. Instead, it was, you know, 38 to 30. But it did come down to the defense in those moments. And now instead of maybe Rasheem Green or LJ Collier making the plays, although Collier did have a sack on that final drive, but it was Carlos Dunlap once again making a sack to help end the game, made the sack on third down. The football team not able to do anything with it on fourth down. Seahawks take over after a pass to the end zone. And yeah, they, they come away with the win. And Bill, you know, I if people are upset about this win for some reason, go watch Jamal Adams in his press conference. Because, you know, as, as Seahawks fans, I think we, we kind of take it for granted after you know, Russell Wilson going. He only missed one season going to the playoffs, the Blair Walsh year. And Jamal Adams was fired up to be in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, he went into that press conference and the first question wasn't even out of the reporter's <laughs> mouth. And he was like, hell yeah, this is amazing. Like, I'm not used to this. I'm usually planning on going home somewhere. You know, this is this is awesome. And that sort of attitude is contagious. And and I think the Seahawks were missing that a little bit in the last few years to have that back in there. That almost youthful exuberance and enthusiasm helps them get over the top. And you mentioned the Dunlap sack at the end there my goodness brandon that thing was a he was a freight train just ran over moses and uh right into haskins and just clobbered him and uh put him into a like a fourth and 24 i think at the end there yeah with a hail mary type of, of play at the end and uh, they weren't able to to do that and i you got to take uh hats off to the defense on that last drive i think uh pete carroll came out and said you know i really hand it to uh to kenny in that situation um because we were really good in the, in the first half, and then we kind of let them get back to back to back there at the end um, with some drives that were successful. And then they put it all together when they when they let their guys loose a little bit. Um, and they had three sacks on that on that ending drive. Well, in that ending drive, it seemed like it should have ended so much sooner, too, because the the sack early on by Alton Robinson, he puts the the football team back to second and twenty one. They pick up a quick 10 yards and then they seem to have gotten the stop on the third and 11, just a couple yards short. KJ Wright as Terry McLaurin's kind of coming over the middle. And I don't know what Wright can do in that situation. He's just kind of holding his ground, not allowing McLaurin to, to get any more yards. McLaurin looks like he's sliding down and hits his helmet right into uh, KJ's shoulder. And yes, I, I'm. I'm saying that uh, that process correctly. That was not KJ putting his shoulder into McLaurin's helmet. 
that was just, and then yeah. it gets called and gosh, it extends the oh, drive yeah, from you there. Had 50, you had 15 yards onto that and it's, you know, it's just painful, you know, and what can you do? KJ is obviously in a situation where he's there to make the play. It's just a situation where that's the rule. Uh, there was a little bit of contact there. It looked to me like it was mostly shoulder, all that kind of stuff. Everything yeah. else was incidental completely. Um, and, and But you take that penalty and now you're you're giving them life into a drive that you're right, should have been over at, at that point, probably at fourth down and long. The drive continues. And fortunately, on the first down throw to Logan Thomas in the end zone, Jordan Brooks is able to make up some ground, uh, have him double covered in the end zone. It was nice to see Thomas double covered. Uh, for once in the game, <laughs> and they did it at a perfect time of throw. And man, he just had a huge game against the Seahawks defense. No, he did. What do you have, like 14 receptions or something like that? Uh, almost 100 yards or at least 100 yards. I mean, in that second half, they really came on. Uh, Seattle's defense kind of pulled back a little bit, played a lot of base defense. We're used to seeing that. I was okay with that at that point because Washington really hadn't done anything. Right. Um, and then they started piling up the yards, putting some drives together. Uh, scoring some points, and Seattle didn't really react. And I was just kind of frustrated that Seattle wasn't able to adjust on the fly there in the second half with their defense, maybe dial up some pressure. Didn't see any of that until that last drive. And then when, when the game was on the line, Seattle did come forward, step up, make the plays. We got the win. Were you more frustrated with the way that the Seahawks played defense or more frustrated that the offense couldn't get anything going after the 50-yard touchdown run by Carlos Hyde? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, the defense obviously struggled. We've talked about that a little bit. The offense, my goodness, they were running uh, the ball straight up that really nice defensive line for Washington. Uh, four first-round picks there, manning that front for them. Seattle decided early on, game plan was going to be to run straight at that. And I thought it was extremely successful. Um, and then they passed uh, in an opportun uh, opportunistic manner, had that nice touchdown to Hollister there. And then that was it. They, they had some field goals. Hats off to um, to Jason Myers on the uh, the second field goal there, put him uh, into the franchise lead for consecutive field goals uh, at 31. Taking that away from Olindo Mare. Yeah, Lendo Mari with 30, yeah. And so and then and then the offense after that just couldn't do it. Uh I think Seattle wanted to maybe throw the ball a little bit more. Washington decided um, you know, to pressure him, got him out of the the comfort zone, got him out of that rhythm. Uh they weren't able to complete third down attempts and forced uh, some some punts. Uh Seattle did flip the field, but again, Washington was able to put together I think a 97 drive and a 63 yard drive back to back there to to get the score tight the game was tighter than you wanted it to be of course seahawk fans are used to that and then but but the the defense i mean really the defense saved the the game for the seahawks and you got to you got to give them all the credit in this one i think if i had to pick one to be more upset at though it would be the offense and their inability to to move the ball. And I, and I don't know who exactly I put it on because. Well, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Okay. I mean, you can say it's shoddy and you can say it's, it's the way that the, the game kind of rolled out, but also you can look at maybe some conversions there, the tip ball, the interception, the um, just not the ability to not complete and execute some of those play calls right. uh, when they really mattered. I mean that, but at the same time, Washington's defense is no joke. Their, their front uh, defensive line is second or third in the NFL. 
as far as pressure rate, uh, stopping the run. They were ranked 10th coming into this game. There's a lot of things there that you have to account for. And in the first half, I mean, we really did kind of own them uh, as far as running the ball, moving the ball, uh, scoring points. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, up until the first 32 minutes of the game or so, right? Because yeah. it was 20 to 3 when things finally, when, when things That's started right. to go south. Yeah, so I don't know what the what the blame is per se, other than just lack of execution. Um, and I think, and maybe that I, that's where I put the blame is the lack of execution. Because on defense, the the reason why I don't put as much of the blame on them is because up twenty to three at that point, the way Haskins had been playing, you're waiting to see if he's going to make some mistakes. Don't give up the big play, like could happen with a guy like Terry McLaurin, who you know is their best player on the field right there. So yes, you you allow for some of those checkdowns to Logan Thomas and you know thirteen catches 101 yards yes it's a little frustrating jd mckissick nine catches 56 yards hitting the check down there too it was a little frustrating but holding terry mclaurin to, to seven catches 77 yards i i think i'm okay with the the defensive strategy at that point well to go they ahead. kept everything in front of them i mean they really didn't let them go you know uh, uh behind them at all and it and was so- and it was a couple plays where okay you had Carlos Dunlap getting flagged for uh, roughing the quarterback when I, I didn't get a good look at that to see if he hit in the head area. It looked like it might have just been a forearm to the chest, but maybe he got it up high. I wasn't quite sure. You had the KJ penalty that kept things moving, too. So there were there were little things that happened that kept drives going that were very timely for to allow Washington to continue those drives. And I don't think they happen without those mistakes, too. That's correct. And and they they did ultimately adjust. I think they tried to adjust in the drive before the final drive, um, and just missed you know a few things. Um, and JD McKissick had a great game. Obviously, Logan Thomas had a great game. Haskins, you you can't discount uh, his game as well. I thought he played within himself. They had that uh, couple interceptions. The one was tipped that ended up going to Griffin. Thought it was a great layout interception uh, to make that play. The other one to uh, DJ Reed, I thought was was a bad throw. Uh, but I overall, think it was a I nice play by well. Reed too to come oh, off absolutely. the deep player and then to step in front of that because he was he was covering up McLaurin deep and then he I, I think he had just been able to peek at Haskins just enough to be able to see that it was going to be short and and he was able to step in front of it. So I, I thought it was an excellent play by Reed. Yeah, I mean, shoot, we could just we let's could talk, talk about, about let's talk about Reed because I I wanted to ask you, Bill, now that he has played some outside corner, we don't see a lot of five nine outside corners in this Pete Carroll defense. But have you seen enough from Reed now in this game to say that that once Quentin Dunbar comes back and is healthy, or once Trey Flowers comes back and is healthy, has Reed solidified that that job opposite Shaquille Griffin? Yeah, I think that I've seen enough in the games that Reed has played uh, overall, not just as an outside um, barrier corner and playing deep, uh, playing in the slot, playing all over the place. He's a playmaker, obviously. He's got a great instinct for the ball. He happens to be in the right spot a lot, makes good, solid tackles. That's everything that Pete Carroll likes, regardless of height. And I think that those are the traits that ultimately will dictate whether uh, the team views him as a starter going forward. Now, now this year, yeah, you've got to take a look at the way Dunbar played. Now, Dunbar probably was injured for the most uh, most of the season with with a knee, and I don't know if you can completely evaluate Dunbar and in, in the way that he fits in this defense and 
up to his like hundred percent ability, which is going to be difficult going forward because it's his contract here. I don't know if Seattle's going to want to retain that unless it comes on a one year cheap deal. You've got Griffin on the other side who's had some injuries, but when he's in there, he's he's been playing very well. That's the that's the guy you're probably going to end up giving the money to, um, and then Reed. Uh, what are you going to do there? You've got to figure that out and, and Trey flowers, obviously. So, uh, yeah, I think Reed has definitely earned the starting minutes and reps, uh, for the remainder of the year into the playoffs, given the situation that currently is going on there. But I think you're going to see some time for, for Dunbar to, to see some reps in certain matchups. And then Reed in certain matchups, you're going to have uh, Ua Mahdi in there. Their defensive backfield this year, I think, has really come together in the last uh, six or seven weeks compared to the first you know, eight games. Um, it's just been night and day. Well, there is a lot to talk about this offseason with what they do with the corners and defensive backs. But uh, in this game, there's still more to talk about, too. And I do. I want to narrow in. I want to narrow back in on this offensive performance, Bill. And we'll do that coming up next. Talking to Bill Alvstad of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. You guys, congratulations to you. Recently cracked 200 episodes. And so appreciate you coming on, breaking down this 20 to 15 win over Washington. And going into the break, I mentioned it just kind of a uh, an ugly performance by the offense, particularly in the second half after going up 20 to 3. I think a lot of people are going to look at the stat line by Russ, 18 to 27, only 121 yards one touchdown, one interception and go, oh, geez, you know that, you know, it, Russ must have been off in this game. But when I look at, at Russ's game today, I didn't really see a guy who was off. I saw other things around him that that just weren't clicking. I, I thought I, I don't think this was a, a bad performance by Russell Wilson. I don't either. And, and again, I think you've got to credit Washington, the way they schemed this, the way that they play, the talent that they have, obviously. Uh, but you look at, at, at Russ's game, 18 at 27, you can't look at that and the yards and all that kind of stuff. I thought he was accurate. I thought the interception was eh. uh, the, the tip there uh, by sweat um, was just a great athletic play. I thought that play, if it succeeded, would have kept that drive going and it would have transformed the, the, the nature of the game. Uh, Lockett was, you know, kind of shut down, but but early in the game, he was a factor with four catches, 34 yards. Metcalf, again, kind of locked down uh, as, as a receiver overall, but early, five catches, 43 yards. And then Carson, you know, you look at the run game, you look at the uh, the way that the offensive line played offering zero sacks to the Washington defense. The first um, time blocking. in Russell Wilson's career, this comes from the at field goals, Twitter account. The first time Russell Wilson's gone consecutive games without being sacked. I did not know that. That's, that's great. And that's an, a great Testament to the offensive line. And uh, Brandon shell has been out. And so I think that, that that points to a really nice um, coaching job there by our coaches and by the players themselves. We've got some good depth this year, but that's, that's great. So you have zero sacks and we did all the blocking up front for those guys running the ball. Carson had 63 yards. Hyde had that tremendous 50 yard breakout touchdown that was sealed off to like a great 
seal off blocks by that right side of the offensive line to break that yeah, out. Able to, able to make a move to make the last guy fall down. And he was, yeah, that was tremendous. Had a wide open run to the end zone from there. And, and then Russell Wilson having that really nice uh, 39 yard scamper uh, to keep a drive going and get us down in a position where Hollister was able to score. So I just think it's, uh, you know, overall, the offense did enough in the first half to win this game and the defense stepped up. Now, would I have liked to have seen the offense come back in the second half, make a few adjustments, continue to play like they did last week where they 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 were able to do some things and everything kind of came together. It just made it look easy. Russ had four touchdowns, no problem. This game, it's a slog. I mean, it was going to be the the whole time because Washington has a great defense. Yeah. And yeah, you can look at Washington as having a, you know, six wins or whatever coming into this game um and and we should beat that team yeah we should beat that team but their defense is definitely where their talent is yeah and i thought that whatever struggles people may look at with the offense i think it had to do more with the game plan than with the execution now there were some execution issues in the second half and and we can get into some of those because it was you know key third downs that they could not stay on the field on the on the very first one after the the touchdown run by Carson, you know, the defense was able to get the interception by Reed. DJ Reed returns it to almost midfield and you're thinking, "Okay, now this is the time for the Seahawks to put the to put it away and you know, they get Penny in the game, which is it's nice to see him back. They run for no game, but then he gets 6 yards and then they have a, a third and four, which is a manageable down that they should be able to convert. Russell Wilson throws it out to Carlos Hyde. And Hyde just can't quite get there on on the third and four, only gets three yards. And I, I thought there was just enough hesitation where the defender came up and was able to make the tackle. He wasn't able to, to get the extra yards. So they have a fourth and one at the 50. And I, I guess I don't have any issue here punting on this particular fourth down because at this point, Washington only had three points and Dixon had a nice day punting. You punt it down. Uh, inside, you, you pin him back and you let the defense do the work from there. And I don't know. Did you have any problem with that punt there? I didn't because at that point they had 175 or 174 total yards. You're at, you know, three and a half minutes in the, in the third quarter. Uh, they had two interceptions. Um, so the defense was playing well. Uh, the offense was, you know, like you said, struggling to get those third down conversions early in that, in that third quarter. And, yeah, you're going to go ahead and punt the ball there. I mean, conversely, you could go for it. Now, if the Seahawks are just playing really well and everything's in uh, synchronicity and you're just moving the ball, uh, yeah, you go for that right there. You are you know that Washington's struggling on offense, and that's that's a no-brainer as well. So given the fact that Seattle is kind of struggling a little bit uh, and, and that Washington has a, a stout run defense on short yardage, even though Carson had converted earlier on the third and two, go ahead and punt now they took the ball at the nine yard line and they moved the ball and they they drove the ball then well, they drove that, the ball on that drive they, they didn't because that oh, I they, they, I no, they got next. a three and out right after that oh, okay. it was it was the next drive the seahawks had an opportunity to, to get it moving again and i think the thing that turned it here was well they they ran with carson he didn't get any yardage on the first down run but then will disley false starts 
and it's, it moves him back second and 15. He's incomplete to Lockett, incomplete to Metcalf on the next drive. And so it was from there. Yep. Right. Then then they punt it down, and yeah, it, and then Washington was able to really move the ball after that particular punt. Yeah, fourteen play, ninety six yard drive. Yeah, uh, got six minutes off the clock. I mean, just you know, it's one of those things where nothing was was uh, more than I don't know twenty thirty yards as far as a play. But no, their biggest was play was the the one pickup for a first down, and then it was on the same play that Dunlap had the roughing the passer. So they move. 24 yards and kind of get out of the end zone there on that yeah. third and six. And yeah, if you just allow the third and six, okay, but then, you know, you're adding on another 15 and yeah, from there they were able to kind of dink and dunk their way down the field. Yeah, it was, it was tough to watch. It's tough to watch a team March uh, against the Seahawks defense um, just because, you know, you're in a prevent sort of situation. Uh, they haven't really done anything successfully against you uh, up till that point, but they start being successful and uh, that that's that's tough to watch for Seahawks fans because we have a long history of that, <laughs> right. and it makes you uncomfortable in these games, and it should. But this time, Seahawks defense did come up at the end. Yeah, and and then after that, it looked like they had a chance to respond because okay, you give up the one touchdown there, they miss the extra point, you're still twenty to nine. It, it's you know that's something that you can recover from. And then they get the ball. They, they move the ball well on first down. Hit DK Metcalf with some nice slants. Uh, he picks up fifteen, picks up eleven, and they they run the ball a couple times. And then yes, the, I think you mentioned it. The interception where he was throwing it to Chris Carson, but it was on that play where he dropped back. They're looking. They're looking for the deep ball in that situation. I thought you know if there's anything to critique there, it's maybe Brian Schottenheimer got a little bit greedy on that play. First and ten. Okay, let's go for the kill shot. Put this game away. And Russ, I don't know what he saw downfield. We haven't seen any of the all twenty-two to see how well it was covered up or if he just didn't want to pull the trigger. But then he rolls out, and Montez Sweat does a great job just to get a hand on the pass, and it, it falls into the arms of Deron Payne. And and like you mentioned before. Had Chris Carson had he been able to connect with Chris Carson on the sideline there, it probably keeps that drive alive. And instead, Washington able to bounce back again with the short field, drive down and finish it off with a JD McKissick touchdown. Yeah, it's uh, and then they had the two point conversion, which which was denied, so it made the score twenty to fifteen there with seven sixteen to go. So that was tighter than you wanted it to be. I mean, 20 to 15, our offense isn't doing anything, and we didn't do anything in the next time. I mean, we had 39 total yards in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and the next time offense, was Carlos Hyde, Hyde on the third and seven was, uh, Russell hits him right in between the numbers, right in the hands, and it bounces off Hyde's hands. So, I, you know, I can't put that, you, you give some credit there to... And then we talked about the execution yeah, earlier. Right. Yeah. And there was a, there was nice execution by Washington to to force Russell out of the pocket in that situation, but Russell able to keep it going. And, and even when he did get out of the pocket, you know, he was looking downfield and uh, I, I didn't think he had too many terrible throws or too many terrible decisions where you saw him throwing it when he should have run it or or vice versa. So I, yeah, it's just these little moments where they could have kept the drive alive in certain situations and it just, they, they weren't able to execute in those, those third down moments. So that's, that's really what it came down to for me. And that's, I still, I, I lean more toward the offense though, and in their inability to, to keep things going in that second half, just, and I guess most of it comes down to Carlos Hyde because he had an opportunity to pick up a first down Disley with the penalty that really put him in a tough spot on second and 15 there. 
and and then hide again. So I, I guess I guess those are the moments that are were the most critical in this game for me. I agree. Yeah, and that, that was a tough pass. I mean, Carlos Hyde, as far as uh, oh, yeah. a bullet from Russell Wilson, just kind of just bounced off his hands, and he was 15 yards away at the time. Yeah, it is it is just the execution there. I think uh, Seattle can can tweak that and work on it. I did see enough in the first half, I thought, with the running game, though, that I, I was impressed with that against that defense. Uh, so moving forward, particularly against the Rams game coming up, where Seattle's going to need to do that against their defensive line in order to be successful to allow the play action pass to develop and Russell Wilson to to to, to kind of keep that defense off balance a little bit so that Russell Wilson does have some opportunities. Um, and if if Seattle can have a clean pocket for Russell Wilson next week against the Rams, I I do see them being able to duplicate that success going forward. I mean, this was a this was a great defense, like a top five defense that that we just faced. And the Rams are going to be a top defense as well and that's that sets up to be a great game and you know we're in the playoffs uh but that that game right there is probably the most important game of the the year coming up it is if there's any game that you want to win this season it's this coming up here against the rams you want to get the division title lock that up but but even because in that conversation now um given a couple weeks ago where things were kind of iffy i mean before that uh jets game you know things were kind of back and forth as far as well now the offense is struggling are we going to be able to put it all together Uh, are we going to get healthy when's dunlap coming back all those kind of questions were still out there and things are starting to come together pennies come in uh for this game had a, a couple of touches it looked tentative maybe on the first touch, but the second touch, I thought he went right up into the hole and, and got a nice five or six yard gain there. Uh, that was, those were the only two carries opportunities that he had, which is I'm fine with. Um, and then you bring him along a little bit more and, and that gives the team a little bit more dynamic uh, ability to get to the outside and stretch the defense a little bit more than say a Carlos Hyde would uh, under normal circumstances. I mean, today Carlos Hyde had that breakout run, but normally Penny's the guy that's in that, uh, in that scheme that's going to be able to get to the outside and stretch that defense. Now, if they, even if they score one touchdown after the hide run, I, I think people feel a little bit differently about this game. If you put up another touchdown, win 27 to whatever the final score is for Washington. Yeah. I think people are feeling a little bit differently, but it's, it's so funny between fans and, you know, a guy like Pete Carroll, Pete's happy to get the win. He's happy to be in the playoffs. He, he thought that, their plan going into this game worked out perfectly for them to be able to run the ball so well against Washington and to be able to keep Russell Wilson upright and not take any yes. sacks in this game. I, I think that fits right to exactly what he wanted to do this game. And he doesn't matter if it's 20 to 15 or 27 to 15 or 20. He's, he's happy with the win. I mean, Pete's quote directly about Wilson was in this game against that team. We neutralized their strength. This is the game that we wanted to play. Yeah. You know, and that was to the answer to Joe Fan's question about the the offense struggling in the fourth quarter and only having 39 yards. He kind of challenged Pete a little bit in the press conference. And and he came out and, and said, you know, this is the way that we play. This is the, what we wanted to do. This is the way that we envisioned the game coming, uh, rolling out. And now I imagine, you know, he'll point back to the execution issues that we, we talked about as being the difference maker as far as being able to score points, uh, especially in the second half. But I think that he fell in love with that run game in the first half and tried to want to, you know, duplicate that uh, in the second half. And it just, you know, Washington came prepared to kind of slip well, Washington, and, and I thought the the broadcast team was good to point out just what Washington was doing in the second half to to try and dissuade the Seahawks from running the football more. Now, they didn't stop running it all together, but that's when you started seeing 
more of those throws to DK Metcalf were. And yeah, I, I think that you know, maybe if they would have just stuck with that, maybe then trying to, I don't know. There just was enough execution issues for the Seahawks on offense to, uh, that, you know, yeah. gosh, if well, they, we, we ended up with 27, uh, minutes as time of possession, uh, Washington ended up having close to 33. I think that was evidenced in the fact that we weren't able to complete those third down conversions there in the third quarter. Mostly. Yeah. I think we didn't have the ball very much in the fourth quarter. Uh, but in the third quarter where we did have some opportunities, um, we just didn't, didn't convert those third down opportunities. And that's, that's the difference because you get the ball back to Washington. Washington had those long sustained drives. One of them took close to seven minutes. The other one was six. And at the end of the game, they, they got the ball with five, you know, minutes to go and, and ran the clock down to, to nearly the end. So the offense just didn't have the opportunities, I think, as well as far as time of possession. I wonder what the time of possession would have been for Washington just if you only looked at the second half. I mean, it must have been 20 minutes to 10. They probably doubled up time of possession. I would think, yeah. yeah. But good on the defense then to come up when they needed to, make the plays when they needed to. Carlos Dunlap, obviously, that third down play, critical for him. And uh, Seahawks ultimately able to get the win. They are in the playoffs. We mentioned to, to start the show hap- how happy Jamal Adams was. He gets another sack on the day. How about Jamal? Just adding to that sack lead. Nine and a half sacks. That guy's going to get to double double digits. And that's crazy for coming from a safety. And it just did you see the closing speed that he had on that sack where where Haskins was escaped the pocket, rolled out to the to the left there, and Jamal Adams ran him down from midfield to the sideline. And uh, it was a tremendous play. That athletic play, just crazy. Nice play by him. Yeah, you hope that he can hit double digits. He has two weeks to do it against the Rams and the 49ers. And yeah, if you would have told me to start the season, don't tell me who it was, but in the offseason, John Schneider was going to trade two first-round picks for a guy that was going to have double-digit sacks. I think that you probably say, okay. I don't know if it would have no, been Adams, absolutely. but hey. It doesn't, it doesn't matter where the pressure, where the sacks come from. Now, it does in a, in a certain sense in that they struggled for, a, for a, a little bit on this defense trying to figure out Adams, right. trying to figure out the scheme and other guys' responsibilities around that, like when Adams you know, does his own thing or, or uh, within the, the play call on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he's moving in one direction and the team thinks he's going to be covering, you know, X, Y, Z receiver. And they had some, some holes that they had to try to figure out, um, for the first half of the season in the second half of the season, though, after his injury return coming back, uh, he's just been a different player and the team, uh, the team defense has been a different animal compared to the first eight weeks. I can say before the Washington game, the Seahawks defense since week 10 and points, uh, allowed per game 30.4 in the first uh, nine weeks since uh, in the weeks uh, 10 through 14, 16.2. That's uh, going to go down slightly because of this game. They allowed 15 points. Total yards per game, 455 down to 285. Passing yards, 362 to 187. Sacks a game, 2.4 to 3.4. I mean, that obviously coincides with, with Dunlop's return. But the other guys around him are playing better too. Then you got to look at Snacks Harrison. You know, he's on in there in, in the middle, um, causing some disruption. Now he's not going to get to the quarterback, but he allows other players around him to. Um, so that the whole thing has really come together, I think. Yeah, right it, it coincides with uh, the, the personnel on defense. It also coincides with the personnel on the other side of the ball, you know, not playing top quarterbacks like the team was early on in the season. So it, it's been very different in terms of. Uh, how we saw this team in the first few games versus how we see this team now in the second half. 
I, I know that there's probably a lot of Seahawks fans now going into the playoffs that are going to be scratching our, their heads as to which team we're going to see in the playoffs. And uh, I, I can't wait to find out. Absolutely. Let's let's uh, sign up and, and go watch some playoff football. Now we've got a couple of weeks to go. Next week's going to be like a playoff game. It I is. would imagine if the Seahawks had fans, this thing would be amazing to be able to go to. This would be like a in-season playoff game. Um, and you're playing one of the best teams, a surprise teams, in fact, uh, of, of the season. Uh, I think everybody had them pegged as maybe being the bottom feeders in the division. Uh, turns out they're they're close to the top and competing. And um, it's it's anybody's guess, I think, who shows up in this uh, game for the Seahawks. Uh, they lost to the Rams early in the season. I do not think that the Seahawks want to lose a second game to the Rams this year. No, Pete's going to have them fired up, wanting to win the division title. And yes, big game coming up next Sunday. He's Bill Alvstad of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Where can people go, Bill, to catch episode 204 this week? Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's great talking Seahawks football with you. Um, everyone can go uh, on Twitter. We're at Hawks Playbook. The website is SeahawksPlaybook.com. And if you want, you can uh, go to your favorite podcast app. We're all over the place. And uh, you can subscribe and uh, make sure that the podcasts show up in your feed every week. We're a weekly show. We don't take any weeks off, even in the off season. So uh, when you don't have anything going on after the game's end, we're still going to be there for you. Be sure and check that out and be sure to stay tuned right here. Field Goals Podcast. We will be back. Clinton Bonner with three in, three out. Tweet Adam at Clinton Bon. Use the hashtag 3I3O. Let him know what you liked from this game, what you didn't like from this game. And we will be back talking more Seahawks football with Clinton Bonner. And until then, go Hawks. Go Hawks.